0: The Alpha Sessions. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Alpha Sessions. Today, I'm Lucy Rowe. I'm with Caitlin May. Welcome. Thank you so <laughs> much for
1: having me on. Finally, this is your what, fourth chat with us, third or fourth? I think so. Yeah, but finally getting to meet you in First person. First time.
0: First time, and um, we're very lucky to have you in. Um, you're a very active musician as a performer, as your socials, just as a person. Your releases. You're <laughs> always busy. Um, very well seasoned performer already. Started very young. On, right. Super young. Um, what's your first, your beginnings in music? Your first musical memory that made you just fall in love with it?
1: So I always had this extreme passion for music and performing and the arts, and that was from a super young age. I don't know whether it was watching, you know, TV and watching musicals and and that kind of mm-hmm. thing that maybe encouraged me as a child to want to mm-hmm. try it out um but i always just knew it was the path for me and i started in musical theater uh which is probably the furthest thing from what i do now mm-hmm. um but living where i did you know in the uk it there wasn't a whole lot of options or or people out there telling me well you could do country music or you could do rap or you you mm-hmm. know there's so much that you could mm-hmm. do so at the time there seemed to be a lot of opportunities with Within musical theatre. So I started off doing that, and in a way, I look back and I'm glad Mm. because it meant that I was more well rounded because I got to dance and I got to act Mm. as well as sing. And I'm not going to say the dancing really rubbed off on me much, (laughs) but (laughs) I think acting and singing will always just be such a passion of mine. And even though I've kind of strayed from acting a little bit more now, just because the music is so time consuming and takes up probably all my energy and more but I love it um it's it's just not possible to do both at the moment Mm -hmm. and hopefully in the future I'll be able to to kind of juggle my time a little bit Mm -hmm. better but for now music is just completely filling my life
0: Good. I mean, musical theatre is, is a good start, I think. We've met a lot of artists on Alpha Sessions who do start with musical theatre, and it gives you that presence and just experience as well on stage, and it means you're such a natural performer now. Um, so you've released quite a lot. Your first release was back in 2019? Yes, right? yeah. And and a single? Yeah, yeah, and it
1: was called The Dream, Yeah. which kind of started it all for me, and I do really believe that everything happens for a reason, because The Dream is not actually my sound, it it it's completely different to how mm-hmm. I sound now, and honestly different to how I wanted to sound at the time even, mm-hmm. but I think I had probably less confidence in the studio trying to portray exactly what I wanted production-wise, and I couldn't play an instrument, so I couldn't just pick up a guitar and say, this is what I want, um, so... That was a journey in itself, and it was much more traditional, but I am glad that I started there, and my followers and listeners are called cool dreamers now, so it definitely holds a special place in my heart.
0: Mm. And that is, as you say, it's a very different sound, but I think a lot of people look back on their early stuff, and they think like, oh, why did I do that? Or they think about <laughs> deleting it, and I, I always chat about this, because it's nice to see your progression. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, your most recent single came out in January, which, I mean, congrats, it's called Fiona thank what? you so much yes and yeah. you performed it for us today and it's very different to The Dream
1: it's so different and I think it's even different to all my other releases because some of them kind of follow a theme and I released like my debut EP perspective and sonically that is so much different to Fiona um, but it it felt right, and it was actually the very first song that I wrote acoustically when I learned to play guitar in lockdown. Mm. So that is another special song to me, and feels like a milestone just because I decided this one day to sit down and write this song. It was in lockdown, um, and I just felt the creative juices flowing, and I'd never actually been able to write a song previous to that Mm. with the guitar as well, just because I was so new to it. And it it was a very different experience, and my songwriting process has evolved and changed so much,
0: even since then. How? So you're talking about your sound changing. It's interesting you mentioned your songwriting process is changing, and I like talking about songwriting processes. Um, But how how did you know that that was the right song to release at the time, your first song, I mean? So you were writing very differently, and you started musical theatre. So that first release process, I guess you self-released it?
1: The, d- the dream? The dream, yeah. yeah. How how did that go then? That was a totally different experience to every release since then mm. because I had no idea about promotion. I had no idea that you should try and have this campaign set mm. up before the release. So I just thought things get released on the day and then they do well or they don't do well. And so I I don't even know if the dream charted anywhere. I don't know really if people bought it prior to that because I didn't even say to people hey it's available (laughs) to buy or pre-order I had no idea and I think it was definitely a learning curve but Mm. a good lesson Um, and I'm glad that it happened prior to lockdown because lockdown Mm. meant a lot of downtime where I could learn and grow as an artist and do a lot more behind the scenes which scared me prior Mm. because I'm not very technical and all all of the behind the scenes and filming things mm-hmm. and going live was very foreign to me. Um, and I just took this leap of faith in lockdown because I said, if I don't do it now, I never will. I'll just keep putting it off and telling myself that now is not the time and there'll be mm-hmm. opportunity to learn in the future. And I kind of think that if you don't grasp the opportunity, you know, then and there, when it's right in front of you, then you'll just procrastinate which I had done a lot of so I'm glad that lockdown was that experience for me and I got to grow and expand my community within music because so many other organizations and radio stations and artists Mm. all went online too because it was our only option and the networking was just incredible Mm. and it was such a support system too.
0: Do you feel like because of that learning curve and that evolution that Fiona has had a good reception? Has it been a good start to the year? It really
1: has. And it it actually hit number one in the singer-songwriter charts on iTunes, which shocked me because it was the first time that I'd ever put my song in for a category other than country Mm. just because I felt like Fiona was sonically so different. It had synth in it. It had that kind of rocky edge to it. And... It, it was a super different topic too to what I'd previously written about and released. So it was it was a bit uncertain at first just mm. because you never know how people are gonna receive things and the stories I'd told prior and things I'd experienced and written about in my songs, all my dreamers had definitely received really well and some of them had related to it and there was so much support. Mm. Um but Fiona was just a first for me and I'm really glad again that I did release that and that it's going to be part of a bigger project Mm -hmm. coming out this year because uh, people do again seem to have felt that way at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, The song was kind of about loneliness and just delved into that Mm -hmm. world and it's not something that I think one that I talk about even though I feel like I'm an open book but not, I don't really talk about it a lot and also I'm super bubbly and talkative so usually people think if you're smiling then there's nothing behind that mm-hmm. and there often is Riding in on a white horse Thinking I should have stayed at home Holding on to the silent nights I spent all on my own My mirror shows those stormy eyes I've come to know so well smile for all to see outside the gates of hell My princess tower's taller than Fiona's She's the lucky one in my book My father. Just one look The sky outside my window paints a picture I can't reach A taste of something beautiful and just too good for me I'm haunted by this empty room And shadows on the wall I try to leave but no one's there to catch me if I fall She's the lucky one in my book My fire breathing Dragon, who's deceiving He could kill with just one My princess Towers taller than Fionas She's the lucky one in my book My fire breathing Dragon who's this even he could kill with just one. kill with just one look
0: the alpha sessions now fast forward to you talked about your upcoming project a little bit there and i want to talk more about it so fiona's going to be a part of this right so there's another single coming out called seasons change yes which is the ep title
1: yes so it's the next single and also the name of the ep and i am just so excited mm the whole project to be released but I think in a way I need to try and tame myself and (laughs) and control myself and dial it back because I don't want to kind of fast track the whole release I want to enjoy it as it's um, you know moving along Mm. naturally and the next single comes out on the 24th of March and I'll be in Nashville touring again so I'll be holding a launch party in Nashville and I'm so excited just because it's the first release that will be coming out when I'm actually in Music City Mm -hmm. where it was recorded so that'll be a super different experience and I'll be surrounded by different people mm. to what I am when I'm in the UK just because it is it is difficult even though having an online presence allows you to connect with people all over the world. You can only be with the people in the area that you're in at the time in person. So it'll be nice to have that change, but still have access to sharing it with people online all Mm -hmm. across
0: the world and not just in the US. Yeah, now we need to talk about Nashville because this is a big thing. This is a huge thing for country stars. I know it's like the place to be. I mean, America in general, the country scene is huge (sighs) compared to here. And I am interested in how you feel. I don't talk to a lot of country artists, so it's new for me. Um, how do you feel about the global country scene as a a country star or thinking about being a country star? What does it feel like being in the UK compared to being in Nashville?
1: It is hugely different, but it also shows diversity. And I think Mm. it's nice to see country music coming out of the UK and coming out from different places worldwide. And the fact that the genre is growing and sometimes it still shocks people if they say you're a singer. So what kind of a singer are you what, what do you sing and you say country music and they're either really really sceptical or they love country music <laughs> there's like no in between um, and I think that is slowly changing and people do have more of an open mind than they did you know t- like ten years ago mm-hmm. ten years ago they would have been like it's Dolly Parton or nothing Yeah. Um, And now people do know the modern stuff and they've seen series like Nashville, which again, I think really broadened the country music horizons, Mm -hmm. you know, worldwide because it was such a popular series with incredible soundtracks. Um, But going to the US and traveling, not just in Music City everywhere, but Music City especially, Mm -hmm. is like delving into a whole new world. Everybody loves music in general country music is usually where their passion lies Mm. and they love original material which is really special because sometimes people make up their mind about you before they've heard your songs just because you're not singing covers Mm. but in in Nashville a lot of the time they actually only allow you to perform if you Mm. are performing originals which is incredible yeah
0: how did you first make your move to Nashville? Is that something you used to dream about and then you just sort of saved up for it and went over there and just tried it out? Or did you have an opportunity? Did someone reach out?
1: So four years ago, maybe five now, just because time has really like gone on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was invited out there by an organisation and I was going to be a spotlight artist at a venue. I think it was Music City Bar and Grill in the heart of Nashville. Mm. And then I was going to be recording a cover album with them of 12 songs yeah. so at the time i didn't have so many original songs under my belt i couldn't play an instrument and i was still excited to go but then i was cast in a bbc i play a series called Teen taxi and i was filming that summer when i was supposed to travel to nashville so it wasn't meant to be at that time. And I mm. just thought Nashville will still be there next year. This opportunity mm-hmm. might not be. So I filmed and I postponed Nashville to the following year, which was fine with the organization. We, we still were going to do everything we'd planned. Um, and then I was recast for season two. So again, I stayed, postponed it for a third year. Um, then COVID hit. And for two years, travel restrictions mm. were just so heightened that it was impossible. And then I learned to play guitar during lockdown, and my my original material just increased tenfold. (laughs) And by that time, I didn't really feel like it was the right thing to do to go out there and record a covers album. I wanted to be out there recording original music and sharing my stories and experiences with the world and telling the stories behind those songs. So... That was just the right time. I think everything really did pan out for the best and happened for a reason. And I got out there for the first time in May last year and it was a whole new world. I I already knew that I loved America because my parents owned a holiday home in Florida from when I was two years old. So I knew I loved the way of life out there. Um, And it was exactly the same. We arrived in Nashville and you walk outside of the airport and you're just like, Home. <laughs> I, this is where I'm meant to be. um I didn't even want to drop the suitcases off at the hotel, but my parents were like, "We have to do that. <laughs> uh We're not walking around Broadway with four suitcases. Yeah, <laughs> no." So we went back to the hotel, dropped everything off, and that was it. I was like, "We're not doing anything. There's not even time to like freshen up. We're we're Get going to Broadway, yeah. and Broadway was so unbelievably busy." It was crazy, like, we were shoulder to shoulder, and that was on a weekday. So they just never sleep, they don't rest, (laughs) like, it's just crazy. And there are um, tourists, obviously, visiting all year round, so you're always meeting new people, not just Mm. people who live in town, and a lot of people migrate, they don't, like, live, they they weren't born there. So you're just meeting so many different people from... Mm all sorts of walks of life. So it's really, really special to make those connections.
0: I guess that must be quite inspiring. So you say you learnt guitar, and now you're gonna take that and doing your original music and moving out to Nashville. Are you moving Moving out there? Yes, I am moving
1: in July. I haven't settled on a date yet just because I got accepted into Belmont University, which came as a shock to me because I left high school uh, in the middle of my first year exams, which was a super important time. And I'd always loved school. I'd always loved learning. It was the social aspect, even Mm -hmm. though I love socializing. Um, I was really badly bullied in school, so I didn't have friends or any kind of support system. Um, and I left obviously in the middle of first year exams. Didn't know where to go from there. There was no support from the school, so I taught myself. I bought all of the books myself, which was an expensive game. <laughs> um, taught myself at home, and I, it was just me and my dog at home. My parents own um, a business, so they would both be in work, you know, full time because it's their job, not only to to be employees but to be bosses. Mm. Um, so I was sat at home thinking, I don't even know if I'm teaching myself the right curriculum (laughs) this could be a disaster Um, i took the exams at a an exam center and luckily i came out with mostly a's and a stars which again shocked me and i decided to take more than just that maths and english which a lot of the people in these exam centers just take the bare minimum which is english and maths because it's too difficult to teach yourself all these subjects but I didn't want to lose out on what I would have achieved Mm. being in mainstream school. So I decided to push myself. It was very stressful. (laughs) I took all the exams that I possibly could, minus science, because I did not want to take science. I don't understand science. science. (laughs) (laughs) And these were the grades that I had to get transcribed and submit to the university. Mm. So again, I didn't know you had to have a certain grade point average. That's totally different to, to what it is in the UK and i got accepted and i didn't realize but apparently it's a really difficult university to get into mm. so i just thought i'll submit these grades see where it goes and you know if if the winds don't take me in that direction <laughs> then that's okay too and i got in and i just felt like i have to make everything in my power work for me to be able to attend because that just seems like my path um so I'm fundraising now, and I just submitted my three self-tape auditions for the School of Music itself, because I got into the uni, and then you have to do whatever it is for that specific course that you're going to be taking. So it's been a lot of hard work, but I love to be busy. Um, I very rarely have free time, because when I do have free time, I find a way to fill it. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely taken up a lot of time yeah. lately, but it's it's been
0: a welcome... Busyness. Yeah. But it's good to have to make opportunities. I think it's like a really underrated skill in music, having that business side of things. If you can push yourself that much, then you just make your own opportunities wherever you go. And yeah, like America for a lot of people would seem like a, a big ask. Going over there. I don't know what I'd do if I go out of land and I cry and then I go back home again. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a lot. But not only is all this going on, you're having a little tour, right? You're going on tour <laughs> Next yeah month.
1: yes I'm gonna go on tour I'm really excited it'll be mainly in Nashville just mm. because once I'm there I it's difficult to kind of travel and tour all the states that I would like to before I move once I move and I'm situated in Nashville full-time then I want to kind of broaden the horizons I want to uh, tour in Florida quite a lot mm. because there's so many opportunities again for songwriters out there the weather is always beautiful mm. and it that like Florida does hold a very special place in my heart just because I grew up there, uh back and forth between the UK and Florida and it was just my safe haven, mm-hmm. especially during those difficult times in school. I would look forward to when we just flew out there and I could leave all my worries behind. And I, I even wrote a song about that and it's called Sunshine State. And Florida just felt like a place where all my bullies and my demons couldn't touch me, they couldn't reach me. Um And, again, that's kind of what the States in general does for me. So Nashville is just a dream that I have been manifesting for so long and it feels like it's finally arrived. I should got a lot to say. God, I've never felt this way. Boy, you were my very first date. Let me get a one thing straight. It goes a little something like this. You try real hard for a little bit Then you give up and I give in But it's only been Two weeks And I've been stood up once and let down twice I've given you enough chances to convince me otherwise But you give me player vibes Your vibes I remember meeting you In a coffee shop Out of the blue Is it still fate When it goes wrong Or just inspo for a song When you blow out your candles This spring Will you wish you kept on walking? That way you don't have to see my face Or beat me in the moving on race Two weeks And I've been stood up once and let down twice I've given you enough chances to convince me otherwise But you will give me player vibes That's right Player vibes You give me getting caught out Sneaking around Getting too drunk and being too loud Forget your name, walk a shame And do it all over again You give me bad pick-up lines That usually work Maybe they would if I was her Bachelor life at every night Kissing your best friend's wife You give me player vibes Uh-huh Cause it's been two weeks And I have stood up once and let down twice I've given you enough chances to convince It's been two weeks And I haven't stood up once and let down twice I've given you enough chances to convince me otherwise But you give me player vibes Player vibes Yeah, you give me
0: player vibes. The Alpha Sessions. As for writing, I, I do want to talk to you a more about that. You did two other songs for us. They're both unreleased, right? So Drink of Choice, um, which I really like. the a catchy Thank little you. one. And Player Vibes. Which is intriguing because I mean we were talking about it a little bit in there while you were playing, but this is to do with being in Nashville. Once. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how much you wanna <laughs> you wanna talk about that. that's up to you.
1: I would say that I'm gonna be this, this is going to make me sound really bad but I would <laughs> say that I'm going to be super respectful and not mm. delve into the story but I have already so <laughs> 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 I have previously on um, uh, interviews and, and live streams yeah. so there's no, no going back really and I, I can't make it any worse than I already have for myself so it's about this cowboy <laughs>
0: nice.
1: that I met in Nashville and he's, he's a great guy He's great. <laughs> just you're holding back. You're holding back. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Um, he's he's a great guy. He's just not the right fit mm-hmm. for me. It was my first ever dating experience. And, you know, it's very rare that you go on a first date and you go, this person is the one. This is my soulmate. I just looked at him and it was love at first sight. And that just wasn't really what I felt. Mm-hmm. And he actually proposed to me on the first date. Wow. So,
0: now this is interesting.
1: Yeah, and and he also didn't have a ring cuz I guess it wasn't pre- yeah, I guess it wasn't premeditated. I don't think wow. he was like I'm going to take this girl on a date and propose to her. I guess it just happened spontaneously. I that doesn't happen to me very often where I just spontaneously want to propose to people, wow. but I guess it's different. If you're a cowboy, hey, that's um, confidence. I'll give him
0: that. He's got confidence.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then I had to try and figure out how to, to like turn it into a joke or say no really politely. Um, and I already know that a lot of the time Americans kind of think the British can be quite like sharp. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to say to to not be that stereotype. Mm. I don't know, um, but I was wearing a ring. I was wearing this ring and he didn't have a ring and asked me to remove this ring so he could propose to me with that ring and I didn't tell him this story so if he listens to this interview then he'll know but another guy actually gave me this ring made me this ring Mm. and it's a a beautiful ring and I love it Um, so it was just no it it was just awkward Um, but he's very sweet and I'm sure that he will find somebody who wants to get married mm. really quickly and they are going to ride off into the mm-hmm. sunset on one of his many horses. And I really do wish them well. And I hope I'm invited to the <laughs> wedding yes. because I feel I yeah. should attend. You should play. I, sh- I should play. Not this song, but maybe some others that are <laughs> Maybe. I did write one that was slightly... Nicer about him, and that—that that sounds like he proposed to me, and then I wrote horrible songs about him. That there was a lot in between there. There's mm. like this timeline, and I actually only saw him twice in person. Mm. But a lot went on yeah. from back then to now, yeah. and I wrote one song that was actually kind of like an apology because I'd written these songs like Player Vibes and um, Good Guy Facade, and and all these. So then I thought, what if I'm wrong, and he's actually a really nice. Mm guy and he hasn't done anything (laughs) like wrong so i wrote a song called lost cowboy and then i changed my mind i was like no i'm right (laughs) and then i wrote another like 10 songs after that which
0: were like no i'm right see i feel like songs often get misconstrued and people think that's really hurtful but actually there's so much more that you're thinking of but also when you're writing, it's not always like this is exactly what happened. No. You start with an idea or it inspires you to write a song. So it's not exactly I wouldn't say it's me, I mean it's natural yeah, getting exactly. feelings out and then you're just creating a piece of art. Like it's yeah, not the be- same as just this is what
1: happened. Yeah, exactly. Because you have to add all like you can't exactly add in every single important tiny detail that happened along the way with your in person experience with that person and then it turns into a song, and that song develops from so many feelings and emotions, not just experiences, mm-hmm. but the things you felt. And feelings are totally different, mm-hmm. because feelings are so subjective, and what you felt might not yeah. be what they felt. So it—it it is a dangerous game to play, because I've written songs about people before, um, I think probably all songwriters have, um, but I usually don't release them or play them until, like, years later mm-hmm. or and, until they're not in my life anymore depending on the situation and this time I didn't do that I was still like in the middle of the mess um when I started writing these songs not just writing them but playing them live and that probably is my bad <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that because I definitely think it caused a bit of tension between mm-hmm. us I sh- yeah that that that's my mm-hmm. bad I take full responsibility for that
0: I won't do it well, again alternatively after this <laughs> <laughs> alternatively the final song you play Drink of Choice it's very different. It's a very different atmosphere it feels a lot more upbeat um, it's not angry no I mean yeah take me through it take me through Drink of Choice this is
1: unreleased Drink of Choice I, I'm actually super excited to release that in the future hopefully mm-hmm. I'll get the chance to record it in the studio this year and release it Lovely. if not early next year but i i'm hoping for this year uh drink of choice was such a fun one to write and to play live too um and it is kind of exactly what it says and talks about in the lyrics it's kind of about knowing somebody is bad for you it's like an addiction Mm -hmm. whether you know that's to drink um but to a person it's Something that sometimes you can't escape. You you like this person or you're drawn to them, even if you know they're bad for you, and it's hard to shake that sometimes. Mm. Uh, and you can have all these people chiming in too, and sometimes the the opinions and people's thoughts are welcome, and other times they're not. And sometimes you know they should be taking you should be taking their advice on board, but you're not ready to let go of that person yet. Mm. So you keep ignoring it, or you keep pushing the the advice to the side. Um, and I get a lot of advice from my parents because I, I just, I love that about my parents and, and my relationship with them is just so, so open. Um, I, I always ask them, what do you think about this? Or what advice would you give me? And I love to take it on board too, because I think there are so many mistakes to make in this life so if you can avoid some of them because your parents have already experienced those Mm. things they've already made those mistakes then that's brilliant because there are another 10 mistakes waiting to be made that they haven't made yet and Mm. those mistakes are for you to make so I just think it's nice to kind of to to use their experience Mm. and try and apply it to your life in certain areas but it doesn't always work out and sometimes against your better judgment you will chase after somebody or maybe allow them to chase after you without cutting it off. And sometimes it ends well, and other times it doesn't, and it's just... Indeed. And without all of these
0: experiences, you won't write such great songs, so... (laughs) Exactly! It all (laughs) all pays off in the
1: end. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was telling me um, a story about this guy who was a songwriter, and he became quite big, I just can't remember his name. and he wrote all these brilliant songs but he'd had like a really difficult life like a really rough life and then his <coughs> life got so much better i think because you know fame came into it so he didn't have money problems and he like had a family now and then he was like i have no inspiration for my songs anymore my songs sound awful because they're happy and <laughs> so he would take himself to like a really run down abandoned place and he would just like like drink and write sad songs and even though his life was actually brilliant he had to pretend like it wasn't to write a good <laughs> album and i'm like that actually makes a lot of sense i luckily i don't have to go to those extremes yeah. because everyday experiences i feel like filter into my songs mm-hmm. so i don't need to go and you know you hire a
0: shadows
1: yeah i don't need to go yeah. and stay in a really horrible motel and and pretend like my life is awful i luckily i don't need to do that and i find inspiration in so many things whether it's small inconveniences or incredible opportunities or you know journeys that you have yet to go on i think life is just full of inspiration and and things to to
0: write about yes. and i think you've got a lot more to come i think it's going to be a big year i'm excited for you to be in nashville thank you so um, much if anybody seeing this is in nashville at the time through march then look, look out for kate and may um where can people find you if they want to find you on social media? So
1: you can find me across all social media at Caitlin May Music, except for Twitter, annoyingly, um, and that's Caitlin May UK, and it's C A I T L I N and May M A E. So just not the way you'd probably <laughs> expect to spell it. Um, and my tour dates are also up on my website. So for uk and nashville and, and the us in general so if you guys are in nashville in march then please do check it out it's on my website which is caitlinmay.com
0: and seasons change is on the way When is the date
1: yes so seasons change is available to pre-order and pre-save from right now and it comes out on march 24th
0: brilliant well thank you for coming in caitlin it's been amazing having a chat with you here thank you so much for having me i've had a blast
1: You're my drink of choice Not good for me, but you drown out all the noise And I think that's beautiful and dangerous And everything my mom told me to avoid Yeah, I'm such a mess So I call my dad cause I'm his princess don't get me wrong, he doesn't know the half of it And I won't tell him one more sip so I can keep pretending You embody everything I hate, but then you smile And I can't wait to let you lie to me again Yeah, you lie Sandy, your own voice, and just your name gets me annoyed. But I can't help it if you're my drink of choice. You're my whiskey, meat. Don't need don't eat anything else when you're holding me. But then you let go and Just my thoughts and like a million other shots So I rinse and repeat Please just one more round Then I promise I'll go home and figure out How to get over you You're the Bailey's to my cream The gym to my beam But I'm sober now body everything i hate but then you smile and i can't wait to let you lie to me again yeah you like the sound in your own voice and just your name gets me annoyed but i can't help it if you're my drink of choice They thought I was giving up for good Cause this is just a small town But I don't dream of getting out So they don't have to worry Cause you're my drink of choice If you're my drink of choice, you're my drink of choice.